Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Friday, December the 29th, 2023. It is the, well, it's the Feast of St. Thomas Beckett, and it's uh, one of the days in the octave of Christmas. We are still in the octave. We are still celebrating. And today's reading is from the Gospel according to St. Luke. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So here today we have another uh, part of the mystery, another story from what we call the infancy narrative, which is so very important. All these stories are important. All these stories contribute And they indicate different things about our Lord's birth, about his coming into the world, about the importance of it all. Today, really, we have two things we're celebrating being, what is it? Is it the fifth? Yeah, it's the fifth day in the octave of Christmas, but it's also the feast of St. Thomas Becket. And both stories are indicating to us, they are not the message itself, although in part they are, but they're, they're both indicating to us how important the message is. Let's just talk about Thomas Beckett real quick here. St. Thomas Beckett, we're talking in, I believe it was the 1200s, and there was a Henry on the throne, just like Henry VIII. This story is very similar to the story of Henry VIII and St. Thomas More. It was another Henry and another Thomas. And King Henry, I want to say it was this King Henry II. I'm sorry if any of my historical details here are off. And he was partly responsible due to church and state intermingling. He was going to name uh, the next Archbishop of Canterbury. And he was already having a lot of troubles with the church. They were butting heads, he and the Pope. So he wanted to pick an Archbishop that would back him up, that would support him. And he was struggling to find just the right person that would back Really, his immoral stances on things, he was not a very moral person. He was not a good man. And Thomas was his friend. 
and Thomas and he lived together a life of sin. They, uh, you know, taking royalty and taking all that wealth and just using it to their own selfish advantage and lots of parties and orgies and things like this. And Thomas, who his family was devoutly Catholic, he was not, but he knew the faith. And he kept saying to the king, please do not appoint me to this role, to the Archbishop of Canterbury. And Henry said, no, it would be perfect. You, I would then have a good friend in this position. We could work together and you could back my agendas. And he said, please do not put me in this position. And so finally Henry went ahead and did it. And Thomas was trying to warn him, I will take the office seriously. I will have to take the office seriously. So when Thomas was appointed Archbishop of Canterbury, he hadn't even been ordained. So he had to be ordained a deacon, then a priest, then a bishop. And there was a bit of a conversion that took place. He recognized the seriousness of his role. He remembered his, the teachings of his childhood. And so he took the job seriously and he became a very holy bishop. And this caused him and Henry to be at odds. And so initially he had to flee for his life. He left his position, but then later he came back and was martyred. And so Henry ended up killing his friend. This is like I said, just like the other story of Henry and Thomas, when Thomas More was the chancellor of England and Henry VIII was essentially founding a new church, breaking away from Rome because he didn't get what he wanted. And so it shows how important this mystery is. Once again, we have a martyr this week. We had St. Stephen, the Holy Innocents, and now St. Thomas Beckett. That the truth is worth dying for. <laughs> Bottom line. In the temple, we have Simeon, the high priest. Now, it's believed through other sources that Simeon might have already known Mary and Joseph. It's believed Simeon might have been the one that arranged their marriage in the first place and that married them. Simeon had a feeling that something great was going on here, something beyond anything that could be perceived, be perceived by the human senses. And he and the prophetess Anna were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And there's language used here in this reading indicating they were waiting for the return of the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant to return to the temple as it had been back in the days of King Solomon. When the Babylonians came in, they destroyed the temple, they took the ark, and it was lost. It was forever lost. In the book of Revelation, later we'll see that John sees the Ark of the Covenant, and he sees it in heaven. And then right after that, as we're all waiting for John to reveal, what does it look like? What's going on? He says the Ark of the the Ark the Temple was opened, and there is the Ark, and the Ark now is opened, and what do we see? A woman with a child. And he is to be the savior of the world. And the woman has a crown of 12 stars on her head and the sun behind her back and the moon under her feet. And she is ready to give birth to this child. And then the woman battles with the dragon who is the ancient serpent. So this reading is connected to those. Simeon is waiting for the return of the ark. And in essence, he knows what that means. He's waiting for the Messiah. Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant. She carries the true presence of the Lord, even more so than what was in the Ark in the Old Testament. She carries Jesus. Simeon recognizes this, and so he rejoices. He predicts that this will bring great suffering. He predicts the, the sword that will pierce Mary's heart. 
And he sings this particular song, which becomes a very popular Christian hymn um, that we do every night at night prayer. <clears throat> now it's called the Nunc Dimittis, meaning now dismiss. Now, Master, you may dismiss your servant in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal to the nations and the glory of your people, Israel. There's a beautiful rendition of this. There's many places where this has been put to music. Um, I love the one by Teze. Teze is an interfaith community of different Christian denominations, and I believe it's in, it's out of France. And they have a, a beautiful nook Dimitis that I absolutely love. But it goes back to this reading in which rejoicing, this is very similar to the visitation. Mary brings Jesus to Elizabeth. Elizabeth rejoices. Elizabeth receives the help and the consolation that she needs. Now Simeon is rejoicing, and now he doesn't have to wait anymore. Now he can retire in peace because he has seen the Lord return to his temple. If only Simeon could talk to those high priests 30 years later. <laughs> Not that we want that to happen because then Jesus wouldn't die on the cross. Uh, and save the world from its sin. Um, but I mean, he saw the return of God to the temple, the Messiah, the God. Uh, God came to the temple in a way he had never been to the temple before. This is more than the Ark of the Covenant. This is the Messiah, but it's not simply a human Messiah. It is the God-man. And Simeon sees it all. Simeon recognizes this and he rejoices. There's great rejoicing in the temple that day. And who knows, too, if there's... Um, a little vindication for Simeon that I was right. Look, I was right. I think of a priest friend that I know who uh, makes this face whenever he, uh, <laughs> whenever he's proven right, when he's been arguing and people disagree with him. He, I, I, it's hard to describe, but he makes a certain face and we all laugh, indicating I was right. So Simeon was right, and now there is great rejoicing. So. As we have celebrated Christmas this week and the Christmas octave continues, do you see it? Do you, do you see this mystery that we celebrate as something worth dying for, as something to rejoice over, as something where, whereby we say, ah, man, my life is better because of this. I can be saved because of this. I can conquer anything because of this. I can have wisdom at my fingertips because of this. I can have courage at my fingertips. I can have a relationship with God because of this. Simeon is the high priest, but he's also a prophet. Simeon is telling all of us something. This is worth more than the rest of it put together. And this is more powerful than the rest of it put together. I was listening to something this morning that was very horrifying, talking about the direction the world is going in. And specifically, this one uh, chapter of this audiobook was focused on AI, artificial intelligence, and all the horrible things that could happen. Well, whatever happens, I mean, and yeah, you get caught up in the negativity when you listen to things like this, but whatever happens, we have a Savior. God entered his temple. He has returned he has healed us. He has died for us. He has risen from the dead. He has opened the gates of heaven. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And this means more than Christmas cookies, although those are nice. Don't get me wrong. This means more than music, although I love listening to the music and singing along. This means more than the movies 
and I watched a couple of those movies yesterday. This means more than gathering together with family and friends, even though that is very, very important. This means more than all of it put together, and Thomas Beckett knew this. In his early life, being friends with Henry, King Henry, he was putting it all off. He was putting off his conversion that he knew he needed. Henry didn't have that. Isn't it a shame those in royalty, those in leadership very often are morally depraved, whereas, you know, it's God, God cast down the mighty from their thrones and he lifts up the lowly. This is an indication of that. Thomas Beckett was a man of faith. The faith just wasn't coming out yet. If the, he wasn't living his faith and put to the task, the faith came out in a strong way, so strong that he was willing to die for his faith. And so, ladies and gentlemen, celebrating Christmas, um, I just hope we are truly celebrating with all our hearts and, and spending this time in some prayer. I know we're busy with a lot of things, but taking time to go to church, to be with the Lord, to pray the rosary, to read the scriptures, to be with Our Lady to rejoice in our hearts, to take in the mystery. This life is going to go by and then it's going to be over. Whatever we inherit in the next life is going to depend upon, you know, even if we're in heaven or, you know, heaven forbid we're in hell, but there's, there's degrees of happiness in heaven. There's degrees of closeness to our God, which we gain here on this earth, which we are, I want to say we earn. It's not about earning. It's about being permitted and being honored to have that friendship with Jesus. And so we have this opportunity while we're here on earth to truly celebrate, to truly rejoice with Simeon, to truly sacrifice with Thomas Beckett, to truly say, this is, this is what's going on in my heart, that, that Jesus is here. Jesus has come for me, and I want to be as close to him as I can possibly be. I want to spend every waking moment getting closer to him so that he and I can be one in heaven forever. And while here on earth, I can enjoy his wisdom, his might, his courage, his joy, his love, his peace. So, ladies and gentlemen, continue to enjoy your Christmas week. Let us continue to pray for each other and let us continue to grow more and more deeply in love in the heart, in the hearts of Jesus and Mary. Have a great day. God bless you.